0: You know, Good Friday for me is just an amazing thought because it was in 1979, 42 years ago, that I remember clearly responding to the message that Jesus died for me. Funny enough, it was Friday the 13th, 1979, so that's a good day for me. Um, And I want to pick up on a little bit of what Cindy said and try and bring together out of Bevan's reading, the songs we're singing, and what Cindy has said, something of the message of what this day means. So we're going to look at, in a sense, an unusual passage, John chapter 10. It's not normally a Good Friday passage, but it does have a Good Friday message. And so verse 1, Jesus is, he has just healed a man born blind, And especially the Pharisees are just really confused because nobody who heals a man born blind can be ignored. And yet Jesus is deeply unsettling to them. They're not not sure they can really trust him or follow him. They're not sure they want their people to trust him or follow him. And so Jesus says this very truly, I tell you, Pharisees anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is, uh, sorry, enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the, the, the gate for him and the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he's brought them out, all those his own, he goes on ahead of him, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, this parable, but the Pharisees still did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in, they'll go out, they'll find pasture. But the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep, So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep, runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep follow me, know me, sorry. Just as the father knows me and I know the father I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fault. He was talking about the Gentile people who would come to faith in him. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there'll be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay my life Down. Only to take it up again. (laughs) No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So Jesus tells a parable, as it were, a figure of speech. And then he explains it. And the parable essentially is this this figure of speech, is that God's people, God's people, people who know God, people who hear God, people who follow God, are like a flock of sheep. So everybody say, no. Um, And the parable has two main ideas. The sheep have a home with a gate. I don't know how many homes there are out here and how many of you have some way, a door or a gate of getting in and out. And it's actually quite an important thing, isn't it? And you use it both to go in and to go out. Now, it doesn't mean you're part of the people of God then you're not part of the people of God. It's, just, it's, it's an important part of being able to have a place that is safe, a place where you belong, a place where you know what's going on. And so what do we call a sheep home? A sheep fold, a kraal. Yeah, um, but uh, back in their day, they would have a sheep fold. And it was normally an enclosure right next to or in between several homes. So if there was a village, they would actually use the walls of their home as part of the walls. And they'd add some more uh, sort of like containing walls and branches. And then there would be one gate amongst several things and then they would appoint a gatekeeper he was not necessarily the shepherd of the sheep and Jesus in one sense says even going in and out and he's he's mixing up the metaphors because he said two things he says I am the gate and I am the shepherd so he's told a parable and in one parable there's two sort of like key landing points we're going to look at both of them the gate was carefully watched by the gatekeeper, and the sheep have a home with a gate, an entrance that's designed to keep out anything or anyone that would cause them harm. The second thing is that the sheep have a shepherd. They know the shepherd. Now, in the Middle East, the shepherds were, and still are even to this day, very different from what we would have as sheep farmers. You know, sheep farmers, they drive the sheep. They, they You know, the, the sheep are there, and then they just, they just herd them. They just move them. They don't call them, they don't know them, and they don't actually build a one-on-one connection. Now Middle Eastern shepherds were and are very different. They would know and they would name the sheep. And so when a sheep was born, that shepherd would take time to keep that little lamb near him And he would give each lamb a unique name. And he would say that name over that little lamb enough times until that lamb learnt its name, which was different to all the other names. And so he says he calls them by name. That is not just Jesus spiritualizing the parable. That's exactly how the Jewish people would have experienced what a shepherd did in his day. And so, when you hear the shepherd's voice, you've known this voice kind of in your little lamb's heart all your life. It's something that calls you and tells you it's safe, it's good, and I can follow this voice. But I need to get to know this voice. I need to trust this voice. I need to follow him. And so, the. The lambs and into the sheep were trained to recognize, trust, and follow their shepherd. And once they did that, they would just, Jesus explains, they would just run away from the stranger. Like someone comes and wants to do something else with them. And the sheep are like, oh, no, you don't. You can call as much as you like. You can try. And they've done experiments. They've tried to get somebody else to imitate the lamb's name and the shepherd's tone. And the lamb knows "No." You're not my shepherd. So Jesus takes this picture from kind of everyday life and he turns them into a parable with two points in which he's the main point of both. He says, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. So I want to take a moment and look at those. I am the gate through which we get into the sheepfold. Notice Jesus didn't say, I know about a gate. Guys, you, you, you want to know how to join? Well, well, I can take you to a place of entry. I, I know somewhere where you can go. I know someone who can let you in. He doesn't say, I can show you a gate. He says, I am the gate. Jesus is saying, if we want belonging, if we want safety or guidance or relationship, we go through him. We gain entrance into the people of God and into that place that God intends for his people through Jesus. I am the gate. And he's quite emphatic elsewhere where he says, I am the way. In fact, when he's talking to Nathaniel, he says to the disciples at one point, you will see heaven open and angels descending and ascending. And he describes himself as a ladder. He says, on the son of man. It's like he is he is like the road he is the way he is the gate you want to get into you want to get into relationship with God and belong Jesus is your way Jesus is your ladder Jesus is your gate Now this is Jesus himself making these claims And so he says this When we come in through him, we're also safe when we go out through him. And so our mission starts with Jesus. You know, you go home and you're safe and you get fed and you get some rest. And then you go out and you do your life in the world. And in the same way for these sheep, you know, they weren't meant to just live in the fold. But Jesus is the safe entry point. When you enter the world through Jesus, when you go out through Jesus, it's still good. It's still okay. So he warns, he specifically warns, each of these there's a positive character and then there's a threat. There's a problem character. And he specifically warns that there are other people who are going to try and not use the gate. They're going to try and come in some other way and not make use of the one who says, I am the way. People are going to try and give you a sense of belonging, and Jesus won't be at the center of it. People are going to offer you safety and security or wisdom and direction, and Jesus won't be at the center of it. He's not the entry point. People are going to offer you mission and meaning in life, but Jesus is not at the, uh, at the, at the start of it. Jesus says, those guys are thieves and robbers. Don't follow anyone who does not use the gate. They just want to steal you for themselves. So anyone who does not look to Jesus at the entry point are just the guys who are coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And ultimately he starts talking about the ultimate thief, which is the devil himself. And then Jesus says this line that we love. But I have come that you might have life and life to the full. If you're thinking the very apex of what being in the sheepfold is, it's to live and not die. It's, it's to belong, to connect. And everything that makes your life full, Jesus says, you get into that place through me. And so on this Good Friday, we see that Jesus is offering us the life that we know we need. And he says, don't look for it somewhere else. I am the entry point. Trust me. Follow me. And then he explains why we can trust him and why we can follow him. And in verse 11, he says, because I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The reason you can trust him is Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. Jesus makes it clear that there's been lots of people wanting to be shepherds. And, and the Jewish listeners would have understood this and they would have understood the story. You know, Moses had been a shepherd, David had been a shepherd, many of the prophets and others had been shepherds. And some of them wanted to be shepherds under God. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. But others were looking for ways, as it were, to take on the leadership. And so Jewish listeners would have understood this. The way leaders and kings were most often described in the Old Testament was as shepherds. And there's lots of warnings about bad shepherds. For example, in Ezekiel chapter 34, I'm not going to read it now. But the prophets warned again and again about shepherds who were not taking care of the sheep, shepherds who were leading the sheep astray. And then, you know, the moment danger threatens, the shepherds just take care of themselves. And even worse, some of the shepherds were slaughtering the sheep just to feed off them. The shepherds have had themselves become the predators. But when you look back at the Old Testament and at, at these... kings and you look at it one of the things that these kings had was they looked to the greatest king in the old testament and that had been a shepherd king and it was king david and he had first been a shepherd and then he became a king and what happened in Israel's story, as Cindy explained, people were looking again and again for someone who would be a good shepherd, someone who would actually save them, someone who would come because Israel had experienced, because of her own failure to keep the covenant, and through her sin, again and again, disappointment, disappointment with himself, disappointment with their leaders. And they were hoping for what they would call a messiah. Now, the Messiah is the word for the anointed one, which in Jewish thinking was nothing but a king. And so when they shouted at Jesus on the cross, if you are Messiah, save yourself. If you're the king, then prove to us who you are. And So that reading, what, what, what upset people so much on that day is that Jesus was not the kind of king and Messiah that they were demanding from God. You see, they were longing for this anointed Messiah king, but they did not understand how he would become a good shepherd who did not disappoint them. And ironically, as Bevan read it, they mocked him because he refused to save himself. They demanded that their king, that their Messiah... Save himself. Then they would believe. Jesus explains in the story. That he is the good shepherd precisely because he does not save himself. He lays down his life for the sheep. He's not going to hurt us. He's not going to run away from danger. He says when the wolf comes, the shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. And Jesus will face on this day the greatest threat and danger. And he will die so that the sheep will live. We can trust him and know that he is the Messiah King precisely because he does not save himself. But lays his life down in love to save us. I want you to see this in the passage. There are other passages in the Bible that talk about how Jesus died to deal with the pollution of sin. Jesus died to deal with the punishment that was our due, and those are true and right. But in this passage, Jesus dies to deal with a threat. The passage is loaded with thieves and robbers and wolves and imposters and hirelings who, and, and death itself. And one of the things Jesus did on that day is he faced the threat and he defeats it. He is our rescuer. He is going to stop the thief. He's going to displace and chase away the hired hands who work only for reward. He's going to face up to the wolf. And then Jesus explains in a detail that's not inside the parable. Now he's way past explaining. Now he's just teaching. He says, and he is going to overcome death itself. The threat is there and he is not going to bow to the threat. The threat is going to bow to him. He is king over death. And so we read this, no one takes my life from me. It's quite a thought on Good Friday. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This sounds like a king. And he says, this command I have received from my father. This good shepherd, this kind shepherd, this gentle shepherd who holds the lambs and calls them by name is the anointed Messiah, king promised, the away from the moment that the people fell. And this is the king who will not disappoint. He will lay his life down in love. But he will take it up again in power. So that's a spoiler alert for Sunday. Easter's coming, guys. (laughs) But his death would not end in defeat. It would end in great victory. And Jesus is teaching this from this parable. And so he says, and as we come to just wrap up, I want to give you a moment to think. That he is the entry point to the fullness of life. To the life that you have longed for and hoped for. He says, I'm the gate. I'm the ladder. You want to go up? I'm the one. I am the way. Come to me. Trust me. Follow me out. Listen to my voice. I have loved you. I have spoken my words into your subconscious. And when you're thinking your best thoughts, even if you've never prayed to me, even if you've never known my name, I promise you when you're thinking your best thoughts, you're starting to hear the whispers of Jesus. And he says, I am the gate and he's inviting you to enter And he wants you to do it today if you have not done it before. (laughs) Today is not too soon. And then he wants you to know that nothing matters more than that decision that you make. Not even his life would keep him from making this decision possible for you. He laid down everything, but it's not automatic. He says, my sheep listen. They hear my voice. They follow me. And so the choice on this Good Friday is, will you do what I did 42 years ago? Is to hear his voice and say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. I will trust you. You are the good shepherd i'm gonna ask andrew if he'll come and close in prayer for us thank you andrew
1: let's pray together lord jesus thank you on this good friday for dying for me Thank You that You lived the life that I should have lived and that You then died the death I should have died and that You then credit Your perfect life to me. You call me by name. You call me Your beloved Son. You declare me to be righteous before You. Help me to continue to hear that voice amidst all of the other voices. Help me to follow you. Help me to avoid sin, not because it's wrong as it is, but because it's unworthy of someone whom you call your beloved son. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom, and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen.